if you have your Bibles, why don't you get that out? Um, and whether or not your Bible is your phone, um, that's totally chill, um, or a paper Bible. We do ask if you are using your phone, um, let's make sure that we're respecting the people around you um, as well as um, just the people that you are maybe tempted to text and DM and send funny pictures to. Uh, let's save that till after the gathering's over. Just allow yourself to focus on uh, the text that we're going to be teaching through and also just being able to focus on uh, the small group questions that we'll be talking through at a later um, time tonight. So just kind of helps you focus and it helps the people focus. You can show them memes later. Um, so if you are using your phone though, we use the YouVersion Bible app. Um, if you don't have the YouVersion Bible app, you can go to the app store, type in Bible. It's the one that's been downloaded a boatload of times. Download that. And then once you open it, you go to the bottom right-hand corner of the home screen. It says more, and then you tap um, events. And then um, if your location is on, it will auto-populate a bunch of um, events and uh, tap on the Bethel Youth one. And then make sure to save it so that you can access the notes uh, later than tonight. Because once the gathering is over, the notes um, disappear. And so you want to save those so that you can access them later. And also you can access the resources that we have um, also, uh, the Resources we've made available to you at the end of those notes. And the passage that we're going to be looking at today is going to be 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. So if you want to turn there, you are more than welcome to do so. Uh, tonight we are going to be continuing uh, our teaching series uh, where we are teaching through seven different spiritual disciplines necessary for um, a Christian's deep spiritual growth and flourishment. And uh, we've been here, this is our fourth week in our Planted series talking about spiritual disciplines. And um, the text that we've been kind of planted in, no pun intended, uh, is Psalm, uh, oh gosh, I didn't write it down. Psalm 1, thank you. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. And so I'd encourage you to, to read that um, and just do like a little bit of a study on it. It will talk about um, a, a believer's life being planted um, next to a river and next to um, a stream of water that the roots grow deep and how that's a picture of us as people. And kind of the, the big idea of the whole series has been this. The believer must plant themselves in consistent fellowship with God and they will bear the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is listed in Galatians chapter 5. And so tonight we are going to be teaching through the spiritual discipline of service. Service. And as we talk about the spiritual discipline, we also must speak about humility because service and humility are intertwined. Um, humility is something that's extremely difficult for us to grow in. Humility requires a person to be in pursuit of deconstructing their pride, but not just doing it one time. It's like an active deconstruction of the sinful nature and of our pride within us. And humility isn't something that happens by accident. And I want to tell you that the primary enemy of humility is pride. And pride is, is, is nothing, um, is a word that no one likes to admit they struggle with, but maybe in a vulnerable moment, conversation with a friend that you trust or an adult that you trust, you may come to grips with this might be a reality in your 
in your life. And I think there's a lot of reasons why we may struggle with pride. One, it's in our sinful nature. When we are created um, in our mother's womb from birth, um, we are prideful people. We are sinful people. And some outside different um, uh, things that could maybe cause you to be more prideful of a person is maybe the, um, the way that you were raised maybe the opportunities that were afforded to you as an individual, maybe it was the praise that you received as a person and like the negative attention that other people received, it developed this sense of I'm better than these other people. Um, And it's honestly a part of our natural desire to think of ourselves first before anyone else. However, Scripture calls those who claim to follow Jesus to live differently. And Scripture points out our natural sinful desire and calls us to repentance. And 1 Peter, uh, just the next chapter, in chapter 5, he says this. He says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. And if we were really to, who, to ask the question, who is the ultimate example of a person who lived um, a life of humility, we could look to the life of Jesus. Unlike us, he was perfect without sin. And so we know that he lived a life um, of complete humility to the point of death as laid out in Philippians chapter 2. And there are actually hundreds of references to pride and humility within the narrative of Scripture. So this begs the question, how does someone combat this deeply seated sin of pride within us? I want to read a quote to you as we jump into our passage here in a moment. The discipline of service is a direct assault on our pride. Service requires humility. We humble ourselves before God and take on the posture of a servant, putting God and others ahead of ourselves. So like I said, the text that we're going to be grounded in tonight is 1 Peter 4, verses 7 through 11. And as before we jump into it, as we do every week, I want to give you some context of what this letter uh, what, what the intention of it was, why it was written. Um, First Peter was written by the apostle Peter. He was one of Jesus's original 12 disciples. Um, this was what was called a circular letter. And so what that means was it was a letter that was written by Peter, but it wasn't addressed to one singular church. It wasn't addressed to one singular person like Paul's letters um, to Timothy, First and Second Timothy. It wasn't written to like the church in in Ephesus or Colossae or the Philippian church. It was meant to be circulated all throughout Asia Minor, which is about our modern day Turkey. Um, And so this was written to Christians in those areas who had been scattered all throughout Asia, Asia Minor and were under deep persecution for their profession of Jesus as Messiah. And Peter was a man who deeply understood persecution. He was beaten, he was thrown in jail, he was threatened and punished for preaching the gospel. And he was trying to encourage these people in these churches to endure this persecution without becoming bitter. 
So this is kind of the framework that this, uh, these few different verses are um, placed in. And so I want us to stand together as Micah comes forward, and we are going to read our text as a whole, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. So yeah, you can all stand, all stand together, and Micah is going to read it. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober of mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do, should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. <laughs> Shouts out. So within these verses, this is kind of towards the end of this letter of 1 Peter. So he's beginning to, to close this thing. And he reminds these Christians, as they are coming closer and closer to the second coming of Christ, believers need to. And he addresses a, a, a few different things, and I laid them out for you. He says to be, in verse 7, he says to be diligent in prayer. He says in verse 8, to love one another. It says in verse 9, to love one another with hospitality. Verse 10, to love one another by using your gifts to serve others. In verse 11, he says, our strength in serving is from God, and all of this should bring glory to God. And one of the main things Peter instructs these believers to do is in verse 8, and he says to above all, which above all means supremely important. He says, love each other deeply. And in the original language, Peter, there are many different, we only have one word to describe love. Um, in this, in the, the language that this was written in, um, there is about five to seven different words that were used for different types of love. And the love that Peter uses here um, is the word agape. And it's to describe the, this love that believers are to express to one another. And um, this word in the Greek describes a love that went beyond your emotions. Alyssa wrote, said this, she says, Agape love is unconcerned with the self and concerned with the greatest good of another. Agape isn't born just out of emotions, feelings, familiarity, or attraction, but from the will and as a choice. Agape requires faithfulness, commitment, and sacrifice without expecting anything in return. So this is the type of love that Peter encourages these believers to have for one another. And the standard with which we define what agape love looks like is also by looking at the life of Jesus. And one example of Jesus' agape love was demonstrated in Mark chapter 10, verses 43 through 45. He says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all, For even the Son of Man, who is Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
So with this um, example as as the standard, Peter is instructing these believers to love each other with this others-centered love that is focused on the well-being of others. So when they have disagreements, when they sin against each other, he says that this type of love is what covers a multitude of sins. The love or the sin that um, Peter is referencing is not like the forgiveness of sin for salvation. What Paul is saying is when you, or what Peter is saying is that when you are loving one another with this unconditional, sacrificial, other-centered love, you will work out your differences. Because you are working for the interests of the other person, you will work through the things that you are coming up against or or the butting heads with other people. And so your deep love for one another will reveal itself by your hospitality is what verse 9 says. So he's saying, okay, you need to love each other deeply, but then he gives us this, this example. It says you need to be a hospitable person. This deep love of Christ within the believer causes you to see your house, your life, and attention as places for people outside of your inner circle to be welcomed in. Strangers to feel like part of your life. And I don't want you to think of strangers like stranger danger or anything like that, but rather people who are not a part of your immediate family, people who are not a part of your immediate like best friends circle. He says to be hospitable to those people. And hospitality, you could probably make a list of a hundred different ways that you could be hospitable. It's not confined to just one category or one group. Like the most common ones that we talk through about being hospitable is someone giving you food, someone giving you like rest or shelter or giving people a place to like have fun and play together. These are kind of probably some of the most common examples of hospitality. And But what Peter could be thinking of also is the words in Matthew 25 that Jesus said when talking about hospitality. He said, for when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I want you to think about something. Think about the homes of the people that you spend the most time in. I want you to think about those homes. I want you to think about the environment that is in that home, like the the vibe or the aura or whatever you want to call it. I want you to think about those people's homes and what makes it feel so good. Like what makes you feel like you belong? What makes you feel accepted in that house? More often than not, we keep going back because we feel a certain type of way when we're there. And oftentimes, it's, it's an intangible thing. Oftentimes, it's something that we can't really explain. It's just something that we, we feel. And sometimes, it's as simple as when we're given snacks, <laughs> when we're given a place to play video games with our friends, when we're given friendship, and when we're given a genuine sense of care. And this is, the, the sen- the, this is what Peter is calling believers to do. He's calling us to live in this way. And I also think it's important that Peter says that your hospitality should be without grumbling. Did you catch that? Without grumbling. Your hospitality should be out of an overflow of knowing what Jesus has done for you and not just out of obligation. 
And Paul talks more about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. And really for us, like as a church and as a youth group, we, we strive to embody hospitality. We're not perfect at it. We don't hit the mark all the time, but it is a value of ours that we are a family, that we are in this together. We want people to know that when you are here and when you are there, that you belong to this family. And lastly, Peter says that your charitable, sacrificial love should cause you to use your gifts to serve others. Um, Let's read verses 10 through 11 again. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have been received to what? To serve others. And he says to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very word of God. If anyone serves... They should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, here's the reason that you do all of these things. He says, so that God may be praised through Jesus Christ. And he says, to him be the glory and the power forever and ever, amen. So what we see here is Peter's not, extremely specific with what gifts he's referencing in verse 10. But scholars believe he's referencing Paul's um, list of spiritual gifts found in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 verses 4 through 8. And within these passages, these gifts are given to the body of Christ to do specific things. And it talks about how all gifts are vital and important. And if you want to learn more about that, Kaylee, Um, actually preached a sermon on 1 Corinthians 12 talking about unity in the body of Christ with your gifts. And so if you're interested in listening to that sermon, I recommend that you do. Um, It is on our Spotify and Apple and Google podcasts, and you can listen to that. If you search Bethel YTH, you will find it. Um, But he's saying that when the body of Christ is operating in its gifts, this is in 1 Corinthians 12, when when it's operating in its gifts, when it's operating in unity, What's happening? We are serving one another. And when we're serving one another, using our gifts, we are bringing glory to God when we're faithfully stewarding those gifts. I wanna close with this quote. Gary Hogue said this, when we use our various spiritual gifts to serve others, God's grace is illustrated in various ways. When we don't use our gifts, which, has, which have been given to us for the common good, God's work is not thwarted, but rather we miss out on the privilege of participating. And just like I said at the beginning of the sermon, pride is oftentimes what stands in the way of what Peter is talking about from taking place. It takes the believer's submission to recognize their pride and not just to recognize it because a lot of times we can recognize things about us. We can recognize sin in our life, but sometimes we stop there. But Peter is saying you need to go further than that. You need to repent of that pride and it's by God's grace and his strength that we can live lives as those who love and serve one another. I want to leave the big idea with you before we go into small groups. Christians are to love one another through hospitality and service. Christians are to love one another through hospitality and service. 
So what we're going to do in our small groups is we are going to talk through this. We're going to talk through hospitality. We're going to talk about um, maybe why Paul or Peter had to add without grumbling to our hospitality. We're going to talk about why we feel like pride gets in the way of um, us serving others. And then we're going to talk about how we can apply these few verses to our everyday lives. So we're going to go into our small groups right now. Um, The guys are in the back of the room. Let's hold up one second. Girls are in the front. Um, uh, High school's on this side. Middle school's on this side. Um, Just like last week, um, let's try to get in smaller circles so that we can not have to like yell so loudly um, and that we can have a conversation and not... um, be disrupting the groups around us. So your small group leader will dismiss you when you're done.